All right, we are live with uh, my good friend Devin, Devin Seegers. Um, man, what can I say? Me and Devin met at a retreat in Austin, Texas, and um, just within like the first, our first conversation is one of the first people I met there. We had some like really good, or mostly he had some like really good insights and wisdom for me, and I was like, okay, this kid is like onto something. And, uh, yeah, like just after a few sentences, um, I, I got a lot of good insights and, um, yeah, man, just generally you're like a high funk, you're like wise beyond your years is what is what kind of what I was feeling. So, um, yeah, I wanted to have you on and I appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you for that. Happy to be here. You can ask me anything. I am, I will, I will preface this by saying I'm, uh, I'm bad at open-ended questions like, so tell me about yourself. Mm. <laughs> but me wherever too. you're me curious too. about, I can, uh, I, I will go there with you. Yeah, man. Well, what have you been up to since the retreat? We've been talking a little bit, but, but how's everything? How's life? Amazing. Um, yeah. Obviously, ups and downs, roller coasters, all, all inclusive. But um, yeah, there are a lot of things to be grateful for right now. I just I just got offered a new music deal as of this morning. That's gonna ship some plans. I've been launching a mastermind. Um just feel like incredibly grateful. I've been doing mind mapping sessions with people and like seeing people just check in. I, I like checking in with people like before and after and seeing the momentum. So I just feel like I'm in service. I've got I've got love in my life, lots of gratitude and just feels feels clear. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, and, and you're in Austin, Texas right now, correct? I am, yeah. Never thought I would like it. <laughs> yeah, so like, I guess you kind of went there. So background, you're from, Col like, did you grow up in in the Crested Butte area? Or is that just where I you wish. were? Previously? I wish. Would, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. I would just be like hugging backflips. <laughs> Kids are pro by 13 there. Um, it's insane. It really is. I grew up in upstate New York, kind of closer to the okay. Vermont border, the New York that no one thinks about when they think of New York. So there's this section above the skyscrapers. I live. I grew up like four hours above that. Right. And there are like mountains and rivers and all the stuff that you don't think of when you think of New York. Yeah, it's beautiful up there. I've been to the Lake George area in the summer, which is really nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's like 40 minutes away from where I grew up. So okay. I actually moved. I did a, um, I just realized this past winter, I was like, I'm really unhappy here. And it's gray. In Crested and I, I was in New York. Okay. And I was like, I'm really not happy here. And I know you mentioned, do you want to talk about weed? But I was like, this is, I'm using way too much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, I realized that was, that was a symptom of just being unfulfilled. And what I wanted to do was be courageous and go live the life that I actually wanted. And I realized that courage piece was the thing that was holding me back in everything. And I was like, oh, crap. With that realization, I have to actually go do the scary thing, which means for me right now, driving across the country, I had this place offered to me in Crested Butte, which is one of the most legendary ski towns, has some of the most intense terrain in North, not the Northeast, but in uh, North America, in the most intense inbound terrain in North America. And packed up my car, brought my dog, left my music stuff in New York, other than a guitar, and um, went out to Crested Butte. Man, I'm jealous. Like, when I was a kid, I was always like, 
I I want to be a ski bum. I don't like I don't need anything in life. I just want to ski all the time. I don't know if this has ever happened with you, but like I kind of got to a point like I went out, I did a couple trips in college and I grew up skiing like my dad uh, grew up skiing. My grandpa lives in Lake Tahoe. So by the time I was in college, I was like, OK, I'm a good skier. I can, you know, ski everything. But like I was like, <clears throat> see, I was starting to see like, OK, this this isn't going to be enough of a challenge for me. This isn't going to be like enough, which is crazy to say, because like to me, skiing is like just an incredible, like, you know, you're outside, you're moving, you're, mm-hmm. it's just like amazing. But yeah, like, have you ever felt like, um, you know, I, I shifted from being where I was like, I'm going to maximize every day on the mountain to like, okay, like, I don't know how much further I can go with this unless I want to actually start hucking backflips and like, dude, I have learned so much, so much from life, from my time in the mountains, um, whether that be snowboarding, backpacking, all of the things, but definitely snowboarding. So you get to this point (laughs) where you're, you're pretty solid, right? And to keep it engaging, to keep it fun, you keep pushing the envelope and it gets more and more dangerous. And the consequences get bigger just to go out and get your thrill. So that's uh, that's the dark side of, of being an adrenaline junkie. But in flow research, let's say, I'm pretty obsessed with flow states. In flow research, there's a challenge skills balance. And the more you get good at something, the more skilled you are, the more you need to challenge to stay in that sweet spot. And flow states happen, they say, within 4% of pushing the, the edge of your challenge. So like you should be 4% if you were to put a number on it towards anxiety, if, if that, if those scales are also like anxiety and boredom. Mm-hmm. So if you're just cruising on blues, that could be boring. Mm-hmm. And then the best days are when I'm pushing myself the most or when like one of my, one of the best memories of my entire life was when I was riding with someone from Tahoe and we, it was a powder day in Breckenridge and we were like dropping cliffs and ended up being in ter- avalanche terrain. And it was like the best thing ever, but incredibly dangerous. Right. So, um, yes, I've been incredibly humbled snowboarding. I broke my back by snowboarding. And that is how I got into yoga. That's how I got into meditation. That's how I started to find those flow states outside of putting myself in like life or death situations. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a crazy fine line. I learned a pretty good lesson. I was mountain biking a lot here and here in like the, here in Georgia. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's this little like kind of like flow track it's got a couple berms a couple like nice nice jumps i'm hitting the mid-sized jumps of course there's these little 12 year olds there just like a rip in the big jumps <laughs> and i'm like i'm hitting these, these medium jumps easy let me hit a big jump and of course i like go over the handlebars eat shit in front of this like 10 year old he's like are you okay man and that's when i was like and like smacked my head pretty hard i was like Damn. all right this, this is the time of my life where I got to start like chilling out a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. I push it far enough. I'm, so. I'm constantly treading that line. Uh, yeah. This winter was really humbling and went out there and I, I broke two snowboards. Um, yeah. Ended up having some pretty gnarly injuries and like looking at my x-rays after the end of the season going like, okay, it's, <laughs> it might be time to chill then. <laughs> 
Yeah, that was so that was this past winter. Were you how how much were you getting? How much ski time were you getting in like per week or snowboarding uh, time? I would I my sweet spot was two hours a day. So that would yeah. give me energy. My whole intention for going out there was to go all in on my business because at my uh at before that, my intention was to separate music from money and keep music just purely for inspiration and not be in this place of yeah, it's the cliche of like turning your passion into your business and then it's mm -hmm. not so passionate anymore. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, so two hours a day was the sweet spot of like I got energy. And then I could go back and build and create, and I wasn't just pooped. Um, yeah, two hours a day. Okay. And so the rest of your time was kind of spent on, like, uh, that, that you, you said it was, like, the music-producing business that you were focused on at that point? No. Um, so I, I finished my last client EP uh, before the winter, and that's when I was still in New York, and I was just like, I'm not happy here. And honestly, I was going out with, I have a dog named Summit. We got her in Summit County. Nice. I lived in Breckenridge. And I just found myself like smoking a joint to my face every time that I took her out at night. And I was like, this isn't right. Like, this isn't, I'm not even happy with this. It's just, it's like compulsory. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I left all of that stuff behind and I got a MacBook Air. So I couldn't even produce on it. Mm. and I drove out to focus on my coaching business. Mm. Nice. Yeah, fuel up at the mountain. To and then... me, dude. <sighs> it's life by design. Um, yeah. Making it work. Good for you, man. So, so, yeah, so the weed thing, I definitely have had, like, similar experiences, and it's a weird thing because I feel like it did, like, trigger a lot of growth in my life, you know? And then you almost like start like giving it credit for like things that are happening in your life. And obviously it becomes like a habit. Um, and, you know, you'll have like, sometimes I feel like I'm getting like really good insights and I'm like, okay, I don't know if I would have gotten yeah. this without it. Um, so it's been a thing for me for sure. And I've like pulled back more like in the past couple of years of my life, but still find myself like wanting to go back to it. And, you know, um, yeah and but then there's like a part of me that like knows that one day i'm going to completely let it go and just like operate without any you know just exist in my natural state and like that seems like the best way to go but um but yeah like what's what's your history with it like was it like for years you had really just solidified that habit or it comes in waves um what i will say is Jamie Wheel is a, is a really influential author in my life. And I actually met him out in Breckenridge. Or Say out that in again? Crested Butte. Jamie Wheel. He wrote a book Jamie called Will. Stealing Fire, which is how I got into flow states. And I got obsessed with it in 2017 when that book came out. He has this phrase, which is, it's not the thing, it's the relationship with the thing. So it's like, it's not that my phone is evil. This thing is incredible. Mm -hmm. I have access to all this all these resources, connections, I have so much power at my disposal, but it's my relationship with the thing that can go sideways pretty quickly, like scrolling for hours and not honoring your fundamentals turns it into a destructive pattern. So it's not the thing, it's the relationship with the thing. Weed is not inherently bad. I think it can be an incredible tool. The thing that I've learned 
more and more over my relationship with that, my dance with it, is that it has really fast, it has quick diminishing returns. That's that's like kind of English, but you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like like it, it can bring those insights. Uh, I'm kind of wired backwards maybe. But I don't sit there on the couch with if I got if I get a little high, I don't sit there on the couch and eat Cheetos and watch a movie. I'm like, cool, I'm gonna be brainstorming. I go for a run, I do yoga, I clean up my place. I'm I'm a productive person on weed. And it energizes me. The problem is that I'll get all those insights, get all those like I'm elevated, and then I'll want to go back to that the next day. And it's not nearly what it was. Then I'll go back to it the next day. And it's not even a fraction of what it was. And then you're doing it like three days in a row. And it's like, it's not even doing anything. Now I just have brain fog. And actually recently I started getting headaches with it. And it was really easy to let it go then. Yeah. Yeah, it is funny how it like sometimes you'll smoke weed and it'll just like tell you, like you'll like get insights of like, stop doing this like now you and know? dude what was happening in new york was i was getting those messages every single mm -hmm. day mm -hmm. and i wasn't listening and that's why integrity has been one of my words for this year because like wow are you going to listen to that how many times are you going to get the message and not listen yeah dude i feel <laughs> you i feel you i i'm the same way like because i like to think that i use it pretty positively and yeah, like yoga, like I love going outside. Like I, I like being like pretty active. So like I, w I would never call myself like a lazy stoner. Mm -hmm. But um, so like I'm always thinking like I'm using it positively. But yeah, then you, you're you right. You find yourself wanting it a little bit more. And then even if you are getting all these good insights and everything, you're getting the insights, but you're not acting on them. So it's like, all right, I've got a list of like 75, there you go. 75 things so it all comes I want to like act on but then I'm like oh shit you know how do I even start so it kind of puts you in that like too too much of a reflective mode which is like I think something maybe I needed to go into like in college when I was first like mm -hmm. discovering it or whatever um but yeah definitely like realizing that that um you know now I need to be more about that action in my life. And um, yeah, I think a good rule of thumb like is as long as you're not doing it like four days out of the week, like three days out of the week, like that's kind of my my goal. Um, mm -hmm. But then and it's also, different for everyone. That is different yeah, for everyone. And it'll be true. different in different seasons of your life. I would love to give you actually two two specific things that I found really helpful in my relationship with it because it's been, it's gotten tricky in moments for sure number one my mentor um actually a few weeks ago we were hanging out and he was like i, I mentioned because <laughs> I, I was like i would feel really weird to be high with you or anything like that and he said Devin, like if you have time to get high you have time to make it sacred you have time to make it intentional you have time to make it reverential you have time to make it a ceremony if you have time to roll up you can make it intentional. Mm -hmm. And then it's a totally different thing. And then to double on that, a very important person in my life right now gave me this one little line, which is, show me what I need to know. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, if you're going to take a hit or something like that, it's like, <sighs> show me what I need to know. 
And even just that one breath and that one statement changes it from being, I, I get handed weed all the time. I'm just like, a, I don't know, I, I just attract people that are like, hey, Devin here. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then it was be, and then it would be like, wow, next thing I know, it'd be high. I'm like, I didn't even, I wasn't even trying to, I didn't even want to. I just got like handed this thing and the natural thing was like, oh yeah, thank you. Yeah. But that one moment of pause and going, okay, show me what I need to know. It changes the whole relationship with it. Mm. For sure, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it's easy to just like to to use it and expect like expect it to just like take you to some, you know, to get you to that state. And that's when, you know, it does like that's when it'll kind of hit you wrong or whatever a lot of the times at least. But yeah, did, so you, did you find it like pretty useful for finding like flow states? Did you ever I know Sometimes, some people talk sure. about it. Yeah. Sometimes. I'll tell you one thing Sometimes the furthest from flow. Yeah. Sometimes just yeah. like crippling anxiety and rumination. Right. And that's Sorry. where it's like, okay, if you go in without, it's okay. It's like getting in the car and just driving rather than setting a destination in your GPS. The destination is the intention is that show me what I need to know. Okay. I would like to do, I would like to be shown this. I would like more clarity around this in my life. I would like to focus on this. And then you're going into the car, into, aka changing your state with a specific destination and intention, mm -hmm. rather than just like I don't know, we're go driving, right? Totally. <laughs> See what happens. Totally. Yeah, and it's. I found myself like becoming a little bit dependent. Like, okay, I'm like, yeah, I do want to. I am intentional with this flow state. Like, let me get myself in here, which is good, but then. I, I at one point I took like a couple months off and then I realized like I'm finding all those same states without it with a little bit time away from it it's all still accessible mm -hmm. um which is a really good realization it's really and, like freeing yeah like how does it feel yeah, to own man. that kind of power that you have accessible to you at any time the same states the same like heightened pattern recognition and all of these like, all those insights you can get yeah from your own supply yeah it's it's really i guess at the end of the day just about being intentional with the state of mind you want to be in and mm -hmm. sometimes you can use some outside help to make that happen but a lot of times it's not necessary so yeah, yeah that's interesting. Uh, it's, a, it's I, that's, a it's a tool any tool yeah. used in the wrong circumstance is not effective totally totally man yeah so was like so you're obviously doing like a really cool thing. You've kind of decided to completely shift your I'm glad your it's lifestyle. obvious to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, to shift your lifestyle, I mean, I, I know you had mentioned you were kind of doing more of a company marketing thing and, and going that route. Yeah. Um, so what was like the awakening? What was the, was it like injuries or what kind of took you out of that path and kind of made you want to start mm. creating your own life and lifestyle? There have been multiple points and patterns like that in my life. Um, I'll say the first big one, I I got out of college and I got offered a pretty sweet biotech job. Where'd you go to college? I went in New York and I got a place called Oneonta. It's like, you, it was, it was interesting. Lacrosse. Yeah, yeah. It was, um, 
it was an interesting experience yeah uh originally i was very close not to going because i was about to go tour and play bass in the band like right outside of high school and i uh, then i visited a bunch of colleges i was like they all look the same i don't know and i chose that one because it was they had a music industry program anyways fast forward i studied human biology and got a biotech job and there was this moment where i just felt so hollow i was like well, cool i have money for the first time in my life like this is what everyone says is like what we're going for i was like i i feel hollow i feel like a ghost of myself and that realization put me on a path to go out west i went to breckenridge and realized i have unfinished business of music and right after that season, I started writing with my sister and we released an EP and started doing that. And from that, I got hired to do music professionally. And, and then there's like another course, correct, where we were doing music in the summers when she was back from college. And I lived in Asia for six months. And then I, we got to a point where I was like, cool, we have a, we were getting paid in Thai bot. And if we were to convert it to US dollars, we would have had about a thousand bucks left, which you know how fast a thousand dollars goes, right? So we're like, well, cool, we could go back and have a thousand bucks, or we could go to India and have an all-inclusive yoga teacher training. Let's go there. And I came back to the States, had about two months left with my grandfather before he passed, and just like holding space for him before I even knew what that that word was. And I kept getting these reflections that people were like, You should be a life coach. I'm like, what's a life coach? And they're just like these course correct moments in your in my life um, where there are some big shifts. In that time, I had seen behind the scenes of a lot of coaching businesses. And I was like, I I just had all this imposter syndrome because honestly, my finances weren't there. I was like a broke yogi musician, dude. And I was like, I don't want to be a broke coach. So that's where I looked at mastering business and marketing. And I was like, I'll, I'll be able to go into coaching when I, <laughs> when I'm like doing well financially. Right. And spent an entire year hired, uh, like <laughs> millionaire millennial mentor sort of deal and built an agency ran so many ads and like was on so many sales calls all of the stuff that felt so out of alignment for me and i ended up just completely burning out and then i realized like wait i'm not a marketing coach i've never wanted to be a marketing coach i'm not here to help you with your click funnels bro <laughs> and therefore i don't need that credibility in that world i'm gonna go hire people to build my funnels, to build my email, to do that. And I'm going to stay in my zone of genius. But it took me trying to go prove myself there in a completely unaligned way and completely burning out and realizing like, oh, my sweet spot is not that at all. It's actually way more valuable than that. Now, now when people crush it and repress all of their creativity and build out their funnels and have automated income, they come to me now because they're not fulfilled and they feel no creative inspiration like mm. it's it's such an interesting dynamic totally i don't know if i answered <laughs> what you were no. what you were going with that was a little bit of a journey but 
Yeah, definitely multiple yeah, like, no. course correction points. Yeah, and I think that's like that's like what it's all about because if you're if you're not changing your course, then you're not getting those new lessons. You're not setting yourself up to be exactly you know like obviously you have a lot of good insights from those going those directions for your coaching now and mm -hmm. um which is kind of like why I, it doesn't make sense to be really focusing in on one thing in your life well that's something that i'm also like trying mm -hmm. to figure out the that. balance of because you know i do want to be focused but i have all but i want to be involved in so many different things because i know that all these different things are going to like help shape me and help and like you know the the wider like i my interests mm -hmm. go and the more things i explore the more lessons the more that like i'm gonna have to offer but at the same time being like about that action and wanting to be about that action when you do have all those interests it's like okay i just need to go one at a time but so yeah i mean i guess it makes sense one at a time but don't be like tied to it as in like this is my forever thing and yeah. like be you have to be open to like changing your course and uh you know when, when you feel it which was hard for me to do man i felt like i needed to change my career path for like years before i actually worked it worked up the uh, courage to do it yeah it's a fine line um you've heard the focus acronym i'm sure follow one course until successful I have not heard that. It's powerful. There's so much potency mm -hmm. in focus. And and then there's also this uh this power in being able to see the full picture and being able to grab from different disciplines and different worldviews and perspectives. Ooh, what is the right path? I don't I don't entirely know, but I do know that to do anything great and substantial, it requires focus and it requires saying no to a lot of things and it requires putting the blinders on and being in your lane and knowing what's in your zone of genius and knowing where to supplement from other people who to surround yourself with. And it's like, that has been a really long journey for me to learn because I naturally am curious about everything and want to learn everything and do it all and that cost me years of actually taking action and being in service i can relate man i can relate yeah. for sure and then it's like you actually learn so much more from just being in service right and then right. and then if you want to expand you're actually having something to add it to yeah that's kind of something that i'm i'm seeing now because like and that's like the most natural thing for us too is like being in service to like other people like you know this this is one of the things we talked about like i don't feel like i am have the level of knowledge that i should have before i can like coach people for fitness and like working out and then you hit me with the line do you have anything you could help me with right now and i was like oh yeah definitely and then i'm like okay i need to get started with that and i do have people who just like are trying to figure out how to like you know people who aren't that serious about or who haven't been that serious about their fitness or have kind of let it go and yeah just like wondering how they can like feel good and um and that's like super exciting for me just to like give them a little advice here and there yeah. and um through that i'm like starting to like see like okay here's a program that i could actually put together to help like all these people 
And it all comes from just being, you know, not, not actually wanting anything, not actually even trying to do a business, but just like, okay, let me help these people out because I definitely can in these areas. And now I'm seeing like, okay, now I'm starting like the vision for some type of program, some way to help more people is starting to come together. So it's cool. Dude, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's all super right, powerful. Yeah. So, I know I know you have some things you want to ask me, so you can well, ask me anything. No, I don't want to like intrude on questions, <clears throat> but I don't want to beat up the same topic too much either, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, I, I definitely respect your your willingness to change it up and um, I'll go, wherever, I on that I'll go wherever with you for sure. But I will say that is uh that is an incredibly common theme because I hope a lot of coaches like do exactly that and I get to hear I don't know. I'm in a cool line of work where I get to hear all of the inhibitions into stepping into service. And that is one of the biggest themes of I don't have enough yet. And I've gone through it for most of my life. And then you realize like, well, what do I have enough for? And what are people actually asking for? Because chances are a lot of people just want a little less pain in their life and a little less pain in their body and want to feel a little bit more uh, comfortable in this meat suit rather than being the next parkour dude. Right. Like, right like maybe not many people want to be the movement king and be able to do cool backflips and stuff they just want to be able to like not have back pain and then right. you're like oh that's what people actually want i could totally help with that yeah dude you you nailed it because like i'm i'm always like man i want to be doing like all this cool shit everybody's gonna think this is so cool when really yeah people just want to feel good they want to be healthy and they want to like i think you just have like a balanced lifestyle with with health and with everything you know feeling good mm -hmm. is, is what it's all about so you know how many so, people, yeah. more people have just asked me for guitar lessons than for everything that i'm trying to do and being like professional music producer that also knows how to like produce then market then also bring it to live like into live circumstances and have like dynamic looping with live settings like no one's trying to okay some people are trying to do that stuff but most people are like, hey, can I learn four chords so I can play this song? Right. Right. And for me, it's really easy to discredit. But the difference, like, I, I love doing that. Of course. Yeah. yeah. I'd love to. Of course I can show you that song. It's like four chords. Yeah. So I'm thinking of this thing. It's just kind of a funny thing that came to mind. I was talking yesterday. I've got a guy that I work with. His name's Trevor Hash. Look, shout out Trevor Hash. He um he was we were talking just about like fitness. He's kind of been helping me with some of the movement stuff. And, you know, just like putting pressure on ourselves to like achieve some type of like aesthetic appearance, achieve some sick move. And I guess he was listening to a podcast or something. You know who Ronnie Coleman is? No idea. He's a big, big bodybuilder, like the dude in bodybuilding of his time or whatever and he was saying like he would go out to clubs and girls would like walk up to him and be like do you like work out or something you know like do you work out or something and like he is like the the guy the guy who works out more than anybody but like people aren't seeing that you know they're just coming in and like saying oh this guy might work out so it's like yeah we have in our minds like all these things and like all these outcomes that need to happen but it's really like us caring, like people just, you know, people don't care about that as much as you think they do. They really just want to connect. And like, if you're being authentic, then it doesn't really matter if you can do the back handspring 
parkour climbing buildings and whatnot you know it's cool it definitely like grabs attention but I want to do that it. attention Yeah. is only as good as your service can you actually help them with something that's relevant in their life Right. if not then cool it's a cool performance Totally. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, you know, now you're getting settled in Austin uh, and, you know, you're obviously a high functioning dude focused on Sometimes. the flow state. So Sometimes. what is, yeah, what is the daily routines? Like, do you have a morning routine <laughs> that you hit in the morning to like get, get you going? yeah, totally. Um, <clears throat> and I begin this with sometimes like I'm very human as well. Like I have very low functioning times in my day. The only reason why I might be perceived as high functioning is that I've had many very low functioning times in my life. Like when I broke my back, uh, like I've struggled with chronic Lyme's disease, have had multiple concussions, like have been brought to zero. And then when I do have energy and feel like I have life, I'm like, I want to make the most out of this. <laughs> so that's where I'll begin with this. It's like, it's not just like some superhuman thing. It's just like, man, every day that I wake up feels like a bonus round. And I'm Mm like, hmm thank you. Thank you. How do I make mm the hmm most yeah out of this? yeah Um, so, yeah, the question was like specific practices and yeah maybe just like your daily morning routine you wake up in the morning do you have a routine totally. do you like to not structure it There are the okay, let's let's talk about the intent of the morning routine because I've I've gotten really hung up on a on a bullet point checklist and it ultimately doesn't serve me because it like stresses me out more. What I know that I need to cover in a morning routine is that I need to get in my body, I need to breathe, I need to uh, focus on gratitude, like get my mind right. And those can be achieved in so many different ways. So now what it looks like, what's uh, what's actually been really helpful is to make a morning script. I think it was originally from Tim Ferriss, my friend Darwin, who's a really awesome like celebrity trainer. Uh, he helped me get back on the horse after I... was at total zero from covid and he basically was like yeah dude like maybe you write out that script and it's literally like a play-by-play -play in the morning like cool in the morning i wake up i go to the bathroom cold water on my face wakes me up i take the, the tongue scraper scrape my tongue drink water take my dog outside immediately like that's my morning routine go to the bathroom whatever you need to do And then when I'm, then I start playing with my dog and I'm just like, I'm kind of doing primal movements. My feet are on the ground. I'm grounding and getting morning light. If you listen to Dr. Andrew Huberman, that's a huge um, biohack to start regulating your circadian rhythm. And so I'm just like on the ground, starting to move, check in with what my body needs, a little bit of primal movement, a little bit of Qigong. Some days I want to hit it hard. And I go in and I'll like do something intense. I'll go for a run. I'll lift weights. I'll do something like that. Some days I check in with my body and it's like, yo, chill. <laughs> and I'll go into child's pose. And um, I do have, I, I have an Ashtanga practice, um, which is like the, the heart of yoga. It's a sequenced um, yoga routine. If you've ever heard of vinyasa yoga, it all comes from Ashtanga vinyasa. Um, that's what my morning looks like. And then on my best days, I'll usually, yeah, get hydrated, 
if I'm if I'm on the caffeine wagon, I'll make some some morning tincture, uh, and then usually it goes into yeah, get into my journal, read, or I have my first deep work block with a very specific task, and I just show up and make it happen. Yeah, I like that. I like that you. I love the like listening to your body thing. And that's something that I'm trying to work on more because I've got like that old school, like I grew up in wrestling, I spent a lot of my like childhood wrestling and it helped me a lot because there's like a mindset of just like, oh, you're in pain, push harder, go through mm -hmm. like, and that is like super helpful for a kid to realize like you can really push through this stuff. But then I start like taking that mindset and applying it to like everywhere in my life. I'm like, oh, I'm sore. Fuck it. I'm about to work out harder. To, like, sure. you know, I'm not weak in this way. And then, you know, I've had like two, both times I got COVID, I was like in this, like just going hard, like workout, just trying to do everything. And my body was just like, nope. Like I would, I got super sore and then, you know, got COVID nope. hard with COVID. And so like, I'm starting to learn like, um, and I think actually like one of my next phases of like training is just no plan, just whatever I feel that day and kind of like feel it out. But so, yeah, that's, that's cool that you're doing that. And um yeah, I also noticed like for your deep work sessions, you're always on like do not disturb, which I respect a lot on, on text message or whatever. Yeah, not something most people can probably do, but being able to do that, dude, you, I would like, push back. You've, on like that. made it in life, mm, dude. Even let's let's just say someone has a corporate job. You are being paid for an outcome, whatever role you're in. And if you can make it clear that you're doing specific things to optimize your outcome and have better performance, which helps the company, and you can make that clear to whoever you're working with or for, there's a conversation there. And I bet you could, I bet you could um, make it happen for yourself as well. So even in the most corporate job, let's just say you have that conversation. You're like, hey, from nine to one, I'm going to have my phone off because I'm going to maximize productivity. I'm going to be really in deep, focused, creative state so that I can deliver at the highest level for your business. You think they're going to totally. be like, actually, please just stuff your face with Slack messages and uh, be on all of these random Zoom calls and then check your email 70 times before noon. No, they're going to be right. like, respect. Okay. Yeah. And maybe, maybe you start with, maybe that begins with, okay, cool. I'm going to try that out with one day a week. I'm not accessible until this time. And you have, or you you start batching your emails, but it's all about clear communication and, and setting those expectations ahead of time. So that can be in the footer of your email. Hey, I check emails Monday, Wednesday, Friday from 12 to one. If yeah. it's urgent, then you can contact me here. Yeah. But like, there are ways around it, man. For sure. For sure. And I think that like for corporate people, like, that almost needs to be your main focus, you know, like a lot of the older, like, I think a lot of the older generation, a lot of people running these companies are more like, no, you work for me, you reply, you check your email, like you shouldn't, but so you kind of have like, as a younger person who's like starting to understand productivity and even just email, like all these emails coming in, just checking them, whether even if they are like important, just 
getting distracted from whatever you're doing just to check an email is mm -hmm. like really hurting your productivity. So yeah, you have so to much more than we could ever even imagine. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Like I've heard there's this, uh, there's this study by Gloria Mark and I think she came up with this, this time of 23 minutes and 15 seconds for how long it takes to get back on task once you've been distracted. And then you look at the stats of how often people check their phones and how often people check their emails and stuff like that. You're never even getting into a deep focused creative state. I, yeah, because like most people's not like for me, a lot of times I'll notice like I'll check an email. Then it's like, okay, done. Reply to that email. Just have it phone, shiny Instagram app. Whoop. <laughs> yep. 30 minutes how do we get there <laughs> you know what just happened you know right um, it's wild dude but yeah like that's what i'm saying like you gotta if you you know you gotta tell these older people like how you need to be productive and um i think they'll it makes sense you know you gotta explain it um, you gotta make it make sense that's and you thing. have to like and then you have to follow through and like show them the yeah. you know the productivity increases and whatever but, but yeah. there's this phrase um <laughs> i heard it once it was like everyone's favorite radio station is w uh wifm and it's what's in it for me and that might sound really blunt but even even in the, those communications it's like here's why i'm doing this and it's here's yes. why it benefits you Mm -hmm. here's why it's good for your company if i'm not accessible until x time yeah. yeah and then yeah you've got to deliver <laughs> you can't be yeah. just like yeah. you gotta live up to that explaining yourself will go a long way and like just work in the work world and you know the corporate world i i there's a book influence by robert caldini and he talks mm -hmm. like just like simple things, like simple tests. You ask for a favor and then you just follow it up with because this, this, and this. And like people are like, whatever, 80, 90% more likely to do that favor for you if you just explain how it's going to help you instead of like asking sense. them yeah. to do it. Um, so yeah. Yeah, productivity is fun. Yeah. So how is living in Austin, man? Like I... I was out there in the summer, it was hot as hell, but, yep. you know, a lot of cool people there. It's definitely got, like, a, a good vibe, a lot of people working on, um, what would I call it? Just, like, yeah, like, creating their own lifestyles and, um, you know, a lot of young people like us who are, um, you know, trying to create some cool lives and like do some cool stuff spend a lot of time outside so how how's that been for you yeah the only thing it lacks is like water and outdoors <laughs> but the people here are incredible it is really hot um if it weren't for the people i wouldn't be here yeah that's for sure like i've always looked at places based on their uh based on the nature like, oh, I want to be in the jungle. I want to be in the mountains. I want to be in that place. But this is my first time really being in a city. And the people are remarkably friendly here. And I just keep getting invited to these cool events. And I got plugged into some pretty cool networks to begin with here. So I'm sure it's like any place. It's kind of a choose-your-own-adventure game. 
that's how I look at life. But I got plugged into some cool places and with a few cool people. And then you start getting invited to more things. And like I, you get here and there are a few core spots. And once you know those, it's like, oh, you just keep getting invited to more cool spots. Mm. Um, it's been really cool. I, I've met more music producers that work in Ableton here than I have like in most of my life. Wow. I, that's not why even why I came here. Um, yeah, you definitely meet people that you're like, wow, I've seen your Instagram ads and now we're sitting in a sauna together. Okay. <laughs> it's uh it's an interesting place. So people are remarkably friendly this is the one thing i'll share with you i i'm from new york so i'm used to like road rage right i had like a road grace experience where someone cuts me off then we then we get to the next light and he signals to me like roll down the window and i'm like i don't want to deal with this like i'm in my bubble i'm just like i'm in my yeah. vibes like i don't want this. someone to yell at me and um he rolls it down but he's like smiling i'm like all right whatever and he was just like hey man like i'm sorry like are you okay like i didn't see you and i just wanted to apologize make sure you're good and i'm like what, what? <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I those are the things where you're just like wow people are just really friendly here. yeah yeah that's cool that's rare yeah. it's uh yeah, it's. I think there's something about. I don't know. I guess New York is a different place, but it's Wait. something about uh, something about that city. Yeah, like it just has that vibe to it. I don't. I can't explain like what it is. Don't make eye contact. Don't smile. It. Walk a little bit faster. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. It's a. Uh, it's an interesting place. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, do you allow yourself to like think? out in the future of like oh i want to be set up in austin or you know i want like i want to have this um lifestyle i want to be living here long term do you like let yourself think that far ahead or are you more like no let me focus on where i'm at now like how do you kind of like balance that this phase of life has definitely been step by step uh i've been very it's been a season of adventure and opportunity and connection and i've been all over the place from colorado to new mexico to sedona to austin to back to colorado you know like all over the place and i there's part of me that wants to ground in and have stable roots and there's also part of me that's like devin this is the lifestyle that you've been wanting to build for years that you listen to on podcasts with location independent scalable businesses and all this stuff and it's like this is literally what you've been working for and I don't know when I'm going to have this little responsibility. Like, I have a responsibility, but it's intentional. It's not like a mortgage in one place. I don't have a kid right now. Like, I have some freedom that a lot of people don't have. So for right now, it is, it's kind of like, let, let's, let's keep this adventure rolling. As of this morning with this new production gig, it looks like I'm going to go back to New York. Um, I got invited to Bali this November. Like, it just, I don't know. And no, I probably will never end up living in Austin full time. Yeah. 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 I love it. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, like, with all the traveling, I think you 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 kind of get a good thing where you're setting up for a little bit. I'm usually doing, like, 
a week-long trip, a weekend trip. Whenever I'm, like, traveling, I'm like, man, I need to get back. I need to, like, get back. And, like, I get, like, more motivation. So it's kind of, like, on the one hand, I'm like, I do like having my little home base here. But I also know that I need to get out and, like, travel and stuff because every time it's, like, you get some new perspective and you want to, like, I get more motivation for whatever reason. Like, I want to, I come back, like, wanting to really get on top of my shit. Um, Novelty is a core flow trigger. And mm. that's why, that's one of the reasons why we love traveling. There's so much novelty. Everything's new. It's also yeah. the reason why you probably love weed. Yeah. Like, oh, everything. There's this little shift in perception where you go, oh, yeah. everything's new again. Everything's novel. This, wow, look at the wall, you know. <laughs> yeah, totally. But you go totally out and have new. these new experiences and you come back and you're like, oh, life is new again. We're not in the mundane. Yeah. Totally. And that's why I love all the plant medicines because like you, and I know that you said you've done some, some plant medicines. When I did ayahuasca for the first time, I felt like a newborn child afterwards. I was, you know, everything is like exciting. You know, everything is new. You, every conversation you have is like so interesting. It's like, it's a completely just rewiring, reprogramming, like cleaning out um have you do you have experience with ayahuasca or mushrooms or any of that stuff my you, i know perspective this pretty yeah. on the dl i and, do i do and part of me understands that because it's not the answer to everything which is like what i've learned like it, it for yeah. me it's given me some good i mean it's like blown my mind in a way to where i'm like it's powerful okay like i know the state that is possible but living your life is like a lot of work to get to that kind of so like yeah. you don't want to tell people like i don't oh, lead with do it this. but while we're here and while we're having this conversation i will i will answer anything that you would like so i'm an open book what would you like to appreciate know? that yeah have you done ayahuasca have you done mushrooms yes. What, yes. what is your experience been yes to both <laughs> um i got interested in psychedelics pretty early uh there was there was a book that was given to me at a pretty young age and i was just started getting fascinated with uh like peyote in new mexico and these sacraments that were have been used all across history and never got a chance to do any of them when i was a kid obviously but um, just always really curious and then realizing like, oh, there have been really interesting things throughout history that have been brought to us through these molecules and substances. It's like, oh, the DNA structure, Watson and Crick, the ones who developed the or discovered the double helix. It was like that was from I was informed by some molecules that that people are not very uh, <laughs> fond of or, or are controversial. Mm-hmm. There have been a lot of things throughout history and a lot of remarkable characters that have pointed towards psychedelics. So I've always kind of like perked up. And that being said, it's like it's like cigarettes. There are a lot of cool people that smoke, but smoking does not make people cool. Yes. Totally. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's like there are some some of the most brilliant people I know like to go smoke. But then you look at it and you're like, oh, it's not the cigarette that makes them cool. Totally. Um, 
Yeah, I I have sat with, I have sat with ayahuasca and have some have had some incredibly profound experiences. I found ayahuasca while I was living in the jungle in Peru for a month. I was like deep in the jungle for a biological field study and it was cool. I was there with a professor who has a nonprofit there. It's called Buena Vista. And the one of the caretakers of the land that he basically like gave new life. He he found him like he was like cut open and pretty much left for dead. And my professor gave him and, and found out that he was like really skilled with plants and gave him a um like a structure, like a home to be the caretaker of this land. And then when I was there, he was going through all the things like this is garlic, this is used for this, this is this, and then here's ayahuasca, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, so that's what it is. And I just heard all of these stories and more, and eventually got invited into the ceremony, and I went and had this incredibly profound experience, and I will say it, it really helped to learn to love myself. And one of the main messages was like, we're on the same side, me and me are on the same side. And there've been, there's been a lot of my life that I have not wanted to be with me. I've not wanted to do this thing called life. I've been in pretty dark places. And I will say that sitting with that plant, I had some really deep realizations and um, came to this place of acceptance and love and forgiveness which uh, is pretty interesting. Have you heard of, like, who comes to mind when you think of biohacking? Andrew Humerman. Okay. Um, now Bulletproof Coffee. Tim Ferriss. Yeah. Do you know Dave Asprey? No. Okay. He's, he's like, coined as, like, the godfather of biohacking. Uh, but he, it, it was really interesting. I found out, Kind of somewhat recently, I was asked, like, cool, the, the godfather of biohacking, what do you think he says are the two top biohacks? Like, what do you what do you think? Top two. I think one has got to be outside okay. nature to light yeah. outside. Mm -hmm. The other is probably something with sleep, maybe. Sure, yeah. Yeah. So like, that's where we, we all guessed those sort of things. I was like, sleep and exercise and meditation. And like, yeah. I have, yeah. <laughs> and it was like, no, forgiveness and gratitude. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. He has a program called 40, 40 years of Zen. And, um, I practice Zen too. Like I've spent a month with monks living in a monastery and Jeez. Uh, like, that all of these practices they get you in touch with aspects of yourself that it, it takes a lot of courage to look at that it would it's so much easier to by default go numb out and watch netflix or do literally anything but if you're in a deep meditation retreat or if you go into a plant ceremony you will be confronted with yourself you will confront pieces of yourself that you've never looked at before and that you probably would rather not look at and then when you can look at those and find compassion, understanding, and integrate those pieces, like you're not just dragging along these pieces that you've been rejecting. You know, if there was, if, if someone told you like, you're not welcome here, shut up, how would you feel? Mm. Probably be a little like, 
Yeah, you'd feel some sort of way. Right. Instead of being like, no, you're welcome here. You may not get to like drive or change the radio station, but you can come along for the ride because you're part of us. You're part of me mm -hmm. and all of me is welcome here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, it's a funny thing. It It is kind of these bigger, just these like bigger lessons that you like keep having to learn over and over with it. But yeah, I like that. I like that. And I like the cigarette analogy too, because you do realize like, and you see a lot of people like going through and trying and going down like the plant medicine path mm -hmm. and, you know, like the, the, you know, they're like, oh, I've done like 40 ceremonies and you, and they're, but they're like, it doesn't mean that you're becoming, that you're like gaining each time. It's more of a, yeah. like, it's almost more of like the work that you do outside of the ceremonies is is the is where the real work happens you want to flex tell me how hard you integrate yeah exactly exactly i, I had a, i had an experience last summer maybe where i went to this thing and i had always correlated like more psychedelics and trips and stuff like that with more interesting people and there is a little bit of a correlation there for sure there are some interesting people that do some interesting compounds and it's hard to you know miss that correlation and then i met this guy who'd been to like so many ceremonies and i did not perceive him to be like enlightened or wise beyond his years or anything like that and i was just like this is really helpful like it's not about the amount of times that you sit it's how do you integrate it how do you bring yeah. that into your life like how do you right how do you sustain that what practices do you use to actually integrate it sit in meditation and journal and nature and, or do you just i met someone or i was talking to someone the other day that this couple went on a high-end ayahuasca retreat which is now a thing they'll drop 20 grand for a weekend Oof. and you know like 10 grand a pop it's turned into this commercialized thing so there's a dark side of it as well and they come back and they were, they said this in the conversation. We just went on an ayahuasca journey, but like, we're not doing any of the integration stuff. They said that. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, what? Okay, great. So you're probably like on your phone halfway through the retreat. You're probably yes. like, you probably just came back and buried your head right back in the sand. Totally. Totally, dude. It's, um, yeah, and that's another thing, like, because pe you people, ha they have, like, these horror stories of, like, going into ayahuasca and just, like, oh, that was, like, the worst. And, like, most people who hear, who you, like, tell about it, you know, tell them about ayahuasca, they're like, oh, wow, yeah, that's crazy. I couldn't handle that. But most of the people that have these, like, crazy hard experiences are people who haven't been doing that work in, like, their daily lives. And then people who have and who have been you know, checking in with themselves, being introspective, meditative. What, there's so many different ways to do that. And there's so many different ways to like develop awareness. Those mm -hmm. are the people who go in and like get the most out of it. Is kind of, yeah. Well, no, I'm not going to say get the most out of it because everybody's getting a little bit of something out of it. But those are people who go in and have like more of like what I would say is like a, a beautiful, like easy, like more... Um, lighter experience you know what i mean mm -hmm. and um yeah so integration is what it's all about really it's all about 
it's about the every single day, man. And yeah, um, how do you walk this out into the world? Mm -hmm. It's not about a peak experience on a weekend, right? You got to live it. Yeah. Yeah. It's easier said than done, man. All of this stuff. Yeah. Sounds really nice. It's sure. like these these little cotton candy self help books and bumper stickers and and oh well retweet this. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Oof. The retweet. So I mean, listen. I there's so much information out there, but some of the retweeting is is getting out of control. I'm gonna call some people out. Some of the retweeting online is getting out of control, man. I like I can't watch Instagram stories because. It's just like, you know, a, a quote from here, a quote from here, a quote from there. And it's like, I want to hear what this person is actually thinking. I think it's easy to like fall into that of like, oh, like, you know, here's this, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested in your take on that because you're like a social media mass, not, not master, maybe not yet <laughs> on your way. But like, you know, you've definitely I wouldn't, call, I wouldn't self identify there. with that. No, uh, no. I'm yeah, learning again, it's not the thing, it's the relationship with the thing. I'm I see yeah. it as a very powerful tool and I'm learning how to have a healthier relationship with it. Because there have been several as several times in my life that I've absolutely hated it, that I've deleted it, that I've wanted to never touch it again. I've seen the dark side of it. Like you watch the social dilemma. I watched The Social Dilemma, and that was when I was like, I never want to be associated with agency work again. This is incredibly manipulative, and now I'm on the other side of it, and I'm like, cool, how do I restore people's attention towards their visions? How do, I, how do we use tech to block tech so that people can actually have their own thoughts, have their own creative visions, instead of being manipulated into someone else's sales funnel, which is ultimately what's happening. Like you go on to those platforms and what is it? If you're not paying to use a service, you are the product. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, this is what I'm, I'm trying to just do where like I consume zero and I just want to be in like production mode. Mm -hmm. I'm not there. I, I'm not there yet, unfortunately, but I feel like that's the true way. Like you really, if if you really want to like up level, like you kind of have to block everything out and like chill on the consumption, which is, um, I guess it's like the idea of being like socialized. And mm -hmm. if you want to have like, if you want to bring some new ideas to this world and you want to really like find your authentic message and purpose or whatever, then you can't consume anything it's like rule number one like mm. you can't consume anything except for maybe like some books except for something that is like like you know naval ravikant right mm -hmm. yeah like he talks about like older books like the like they have like the timeless wisdom and that's like all we really need like you don't there's some lessons and messages and learnings that are like timeless and so if you just go to those, like, you don't need to learn the next thing, the next thing, the next newest thing that's, like, all of that is, like, kind of just noise, and it's people, you know, going some direction by just, like, seeing, consuming, and then, like, doing their own little spin on it. But there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. Done. 
Easier said yeah, than done. And I want to I want to bring up this quote that hit me a long time ago. Um, are you familiar with Tim Ferriss? Has absolutely changed my life. We'll start with that. Man, the best, the best podcast. Yeah, I yeah I got into his podcast and it, like I've learned more from him than college or anything like that. Uh, but there For was sure. this line in Four Hour Work Week, which I want I just googled so I don't mess it up. But it's what information consumes is rather obvious. It consumes the attention of its recipients. Hence, a wealth of information creates a poverty of attention. And that's what's happening. Like our attention is zoom because we have so much information. And then you go, well, how connected are we to our authenticity and our intuition if we're just getting fed a fire hose of information? Well, chances are not very. So how many original ideas are you going to get when you're in there? Not that, not that consumption is bad, but it's, again, it's not the thing, it's the relationship with the thing. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And I think that is like what brings me back to like, man, yeah, I think achieving that state is like one of the best feelings when you are just like not needing to consume, like you've really broken that habit. And I've been in that state before where I'm just like, ideas are flowing. I'm not consuming. Like, I don't need any, like, I'm cooking food in silence. I'm doing, like, things in silence. I'm enjoying just driving down the car, nothing. Mm -hmm. And then you, and then it's funny how, like, how easy it is. You start, oh, okay, let me, like, listen to this podcast. This is a helpful podcast, you know. And then you listen to that one and then you're like, oh, okay, let me get like a different, you know, and then next thing you know, your life again, you're just like right back in. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I, I guess it's just cycles, but that's kind of um, sometimes like I'll just decide like, you know what, I'm just going to go into it. I'm just going to go into consumption mode for a little bit because I know I'm going to come out of it. Totally. But uh yeah, I don't know. It's, it's not a bad thing. It's, it, it's, it's yeah. also like mindful consumption if you can, right? They talk about yeah. diet is not diet is not just our food. It is everything. It's everything that we yeah. ingest. So like, would you have one dinner and then go eat another dinner and another dinner? <laughs> or would you like yeah. have a little bit of space between them and actually digest yeah. them? Yeah, for sure. Because if you, if you don't, then you're just going to forget it all. Like, you're going to remember like maybe a thing here, you know, and it feels productive. That's where it gets like, where yeah. it, that's where it gets tricky. It's like, Oh no, this is good things. I'm just like, I'm listening to all this great information. And then at the end of the day, I used to walk dogs and I would listen to podcasts all day. And then if someone were like, so what'd you learn? I'd be like, uh, yeah. <laughs> what I really like doing is like I have like a few audiobooks or a few books that just like are like seem timeless to me, you know? Mm -hmm. And so like in times of my life where I'm like really trying to like change things or like zone in or zero in, I'll just like listen to them over and over again. And just Super like powerful. I'm curious yeah. what those books are for you. So one of the big ones when I was leaving my job was um Busting loose from the money game. I was just introduced to that. Okay, interesting. Really? Yeah. It has uh, the worst cover, remember. but it's got some good stuff inside. Yeah. It's like it's I so cheesy. <laughs> I know. I know. 
that one was i mean that one was big for me because i had a lot of money programming and mm -hmm. i was like really trying to be logical and like you know i need this amount of money i need like this to be um you know have security and i really just kind of had to like reprogram my mind and my my idea of money and like what it's for what it's actually used for and like what it like is money going to give me more opportunity or is it going to be like relationships i think that's kind of the big shift in there is um mm -hmm. like you know my security is going to come from my relationships and my the energy that i'm bringing like me living out like as my higher self is like wanting me to live and like when i'm embodying that and vibrating in that way then everything is gonna like that's when like opportunities and money and whatever i need is going to come in to like reflect that instead of like let me make this amount and then once i save this amount then i can start doing these things so that was big that's a sticky track and, yeah and also not even money wise like that book is really good just outside of that because uh, he talks about the process and the process is just like dealing with discomfort and every bit of discomfort, as he says, is like created by our higher selves to give us a certain lesson. So it's just mm -hmm. like sitting into that discomfort and uh, there's a practice of amplifying it, right? Of like, okay, there's an uncomfortable feeling that bubbles up. And instead of our normal default, which is like, well, I don't want to feel that. <laughs> yeah. Distract. A distraction. Yourself, but it's like, whatever. it's like how it's like, how do you go into that, but then actually turn up the feeling? So the the thing that you don't want to feel, you actually go in and intentionally feel even more of. Yeah. Right? That that's what was passed on to me from the book. I have not read the yeah. book myself. But yeah. that seemed like a really powerful practice. Totally. Totally. And that's it's a hard thing to do like yeah it's a completely unnatural thing to do right but yeah and, and it, i'm trying to think of like the best way to go into it more to like allow the discomfort to come in more and i guess i guess it's just kind of sitting with it mm. and just like yeah and just like okay i need to feel this whole thing right now and just consciously like saying like let me feel this whole thing like let me feel the maximum of this discomfort and then you can let it go move on mm. and like get what you yeah. need to learn from it yeah i have like two interesting things that i think i would love to share on that one was actually from my time in a monastery and one of the most interesting monks there you can just like see the level that their mind operates at and you're like oh okay i'm around someone interesting <laughs> and he would talk about witnessing all of these emotions and, and just witnessing like with this open perception of just witnessing and and with this amusement he had this very like sly little smile had glasses and he would just be like yeah when you're sitting there in zazen which is seated meditation lots of things come up right and you're like hmm worry interesting mm -hmm. oh imposter syndrome interesting you're yeah. like interesting and it was with the same just like noticing almost yeah. like i don't know sitting on a bench and people watching and you're like interesting yeah no judgment yeah no fear just interesting 
right. and then there's the other piece which i've started learning recently which i would love to pass on to you which is um if you feel or when you feel some sort of emotion how do you embody that emotion how do you actually act out that emotion in a safe way so maybe it's it's anxiety or something and that feeling of anxiety is like you know like and letting yourself put emotion yeah. to it and like like anxiety is energy from a perceived yeah. threat that's yeah. excess energy like if you just sit there and think about it you're just going to be stewing in that the best thing to do is like use that energy yeah right and it's like what how can you embody that feeling if it's anger great Go slam on a pillow. <clears throat> yeah. You're not hurting anyone. You're just letting the emotion actually flow through. And when you actually express yeah. an emotion, it lasts like not very long. Right. Totally. Yeah. We, it's funny because I, I get into this feeling of like, I've already dealt with everything. I'm good. I've dealt with it all. <laughs> like, you know, and obviously you're never, you've never dealt with it all. There are things, there's smaller things. Like I don't really get hung up on my past or anything anymore, but yeah, just like remembering like, oh yeah, that is like, um, yeah, just, I do need to address this anxiety daily, you know, like I'm not, uh, you don't just become like you don't just get past it all so yeah yeah i had a that i had an ex that. she's an ex for a reason but she told me that she did shadow work one summer so she's done oh my god interesting mm. <laughs> like uh -huh. oh yeah I, I was anxious once and i, I so i'm done yeah that was Figured a big thing out. for me that was a big re realization for me in that retreat that we went to where we're like doing these exercises to like bring these things out of you, which is like very uncomfortable for me. I'm like, I, I don't know. I have like this cocky like mindset. I'm like, I don't have anything, but like, all right, I'll try it anyways. You know, so we're like screaming sure. at like, you're literally like yelling at people from your past who like, you wish you could have said something to, or you're like telling them, what you should have told them in your past or whatever, like at that stage and just like mm -hmm. yelling it out, like kind of embodying that like pain energy, like you were saying. And yeah, like I was able to bring some stuff out through that, which I didn't even know was there. And like, um, I'd done like plant medicine journeys where like not that much came up for me. It was more of like a, and I'm like, Oh, like I've got all these things, but, um, there is definitely something to like bringing it out yourself and like learning how to like, get that it's it's a it's a good skill to have and it's like i need to i need to make that more of like a daily a daily thing because it is every day and one of my big realizations from that trip from that retreat was my biggest block now is just being hard on myself for all the shit that i'm not that i think i should be doing that i'm not doing and then like that is like a that is then triggering like a big negative pattern in my just mm -hmm. day to day and I have to get past that every single day for, you know, just being hard on myself for this, that, oh, I could have done better about, like, I didn't follow my morning routine this today. Like, I, you know, like I have no control or like whatever. And just like mm. beating myself up about these things. 
but just learning to like forgive myself let it go like we've been talking about it's all the same like the top two biohacks my man yeah yeah it is it's it's what it's all about so yeah yeah it's really easy to beat yourself up or at least it is for me uh of all the things that i haven't done that i fell short on it's that's that's easy i've kind of mastered that yeah <laughs> i pretty damn good at that and then it's like it's an edge now to go dude understanding self-sabotage that really all self-sabotage comes from self-preservation and it's a protective mechanism and realizing like, oh, why didn't I do that? Getting really freaking curious about like, oh, I said I was going to do this thing and now I'm beating myself up for it because I didn't do it because it was really important to me. Yeah. And why did I not do it? Oh, like I'm kind of scared to have that conversation. Oh, like I'm not clear about this X, Y, and Z. And just getting really curious about it instead of like just beating myself up for it, which was my default mode for like my entire life. Yeah. <laughs> same dude same but that curiosity changes everything right it's like mm, like oh interesting like you didn't send that email that you had on your calendar that you were going to that you've been putting off for weeks like what is it and usually it's just like oh well like scared some some part of me is scared some part mm -hmm. of me is like how how is it going to be received or like i don't know what to say it's not clear or like what if and you have and then you sit with that and you're like okay well, what's the worst thing that could happen i guess that's the heart of shadow integration yeah looking at it and going like cool can you be okay with that if that person totally misperceives it and takes it in a worst case scenario can you be okay with that what would you say like oh i didn't mean it like that like this is what i actually meant you'd handle it totally totally man and that's it's a beautiful thing when you're just like any discomfort bring it on i'm gonna learn from this and like that's really that's the biggest game changer like in my life like i don't you know not allowing yourself to get overwhelmed because it's just like oh sweet lots of learning lots of learning coming from this you know it's just a completely different mindset instead of like oh this happened to me which sucks for me because then i gotta do this but it's like you're missing you're missing it like that's, you're missing like, that's the where point, all man. the good stuff is coming all the good Dude, stuff it's pretty is cool if you can from. like if you can associate with that feeling of overwhelmed just being like cool i'm overwhelmed that means a breakthrough is coming <laughs> part of me feels like that's the only message that anybody ever needs to hear in life like what's that just just like go into this discomfort the discomfort is for you to learn from and like mm. every bit of that is like like you can enjoy that like if, if you don't have that then you're bored and or like you know if you don't have that then you're not moving forward you're not growing so it's like every bit of every piece of that is like yes thank you here's my next learning step here's yes, like thank you because without it it's like you're just kind of like you know you can try and just sit around and like oh i just enjoy life and i was like trying to do that for a little while i was like oh you know whatever happens happens like i'm just enjoying it but the you need to have the dark for the light and, and all these you know all these sayings that people say like there's no light without dark or or whatever 
Sure. It's really true. And but the dark, so if you appreciate the dark, then it's like it's just all growth. It's all upward from there. Yeah. Um yeah, is it that simple or is it uh <laughs> can, can it or, be that simple? Is yeah. a great question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, I have yeah. I have like five more minutes left with you. Is there anything anything you're really curious about asking me? I know you had a bunch of a bunch of ideas for where this conversation would go, and I love that it's uh it's gone exactly where it's gone. But, yeah, yeah, I've got about yeah, five yeah. more minutes it's, before I hop yeah. to hop off. Um, you have a lot of good. Uh, so you've mentioned Jamie Wheel, a book by Jamie Wheel, Dave Asbury, Four Hour Workweek. Any other like books, like any things that have been like really helpful that you would uh want to want to share? <laughs> podcast um i was just given this book names psycho cybernetics -cybernetics. um if you're coaching this book prosperous coach prosperous coach when i was given this okay i want to give you a little bit of context briefly when i was recommended this i was like Devin, you need to treat this i will give you a book recommendation only if you treat it like it was $10,000. How would you treat a book that was $10,000? You'd probably read it multiple times. You'd probably highlight. You'd probably take notes. You probably wouldn't just leave it on your you know, shelf help <laughs> list. Mm. I have literally made over $10,000 from that book. So just, just to let ah, you know. The Prosperous um, Coach, that's huge. Let's see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... I actually have like my my big list here i will say some life-changing books for me number one everyone that i work with gets a copy of the art the war of art by stephen pressfield it's a must read 100 percent um let's see what other ones have been really big for me uh living buddha living christ by Thich Nhat han has been incredibly influential in my life the tri- tribe of mentors by tim ferris is a gem what was that one called tribal mentors tribe of mentors tribe of mentors yeah good 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 that's all that's all good stuff i uh, this one as a man thinketh let's talk about some classics yeah man um those are those are some <laughs> Yeah, so keep anyone busy for a while. So I was saying, like, for me, I feel like discomfort, like, go into the discomfort, see that as like, for me, it can really like be that simple. If you were to like leave, you know, one, if you were to kind of simplify your life experience and, you know, what you've had and like how you, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like, let me. Like, here's something I can go into each day and, like, go to this and have this kind of, like, be my guide. Like, are you, do you, what would, what would you say? What's the question again? Um, if there was, like, one piece of advice that you would give yourself or give someone else, just a simple thing. Like, as you go through the day, maybe go back to that. If you're f- feeling stressed, if, if like, because I feel like all of these, all these books we consume, there's obviously like a lot of the same lessons. Is there one lesson that like sticks out to you that 
that you find yourself going to a lot. Yeah, it's not in the book. All right, it's this. And being able to not get lost in the information and whenever you, whenever you're feeling any sort of way, like actually learning how to check in, we hear it all the time, but actually being able to go, Hey, if you want to follow me for a moment, you're more than welcome to, but like left hand on your chest, right hand on your belly, like feet grounded. And you can do this anytime. It's like, cool. Breathe into your belly, inhale, big Buddha belly breath into your right hand, into your chest. Hold at the top, squeeze the root, chin lifts, shoulders back, hold. And exhale. And you do three of those and you go, hey body, what do I need right now? And the more you check in like that, you'll get these really simple messages like, hey, my, hey, thanks for asking. I could really use some water. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, thanks stuff. for asking. You've been slunched over, like slouched over like this, scrolling on screens. I could really use some sunlight and to stand up straight. Yeah. I would say that's one of the most important things that I've been learning. Yeah. I love it. I love it, man. Thank you for being on, dude. You're uh the honorary first guest of the podcast. And uh I appreciate it, man. It's been cool. it's been great. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for jamming. All right. Yeah. If anybody made it this far, appreciate you. And uh yeah, we'll be back with another one. Maybe we'll have uh Devin on again in the future. Amazing. Keep at it, keep it fun. We'll talk soon. All right. Thank you, man.